Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mum of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with music played, a link to follow the podcast on Instagram and how to get in touch. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowendick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging past, present and emerging elders. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks so much for joining me. My guest this week is Heather McClelland. Heather is a singer, songwriter, musician and music educator based in Sussex in the UK and a mum of one. Heather grew up in a very musical family. Her family were a travelling band with West African and Irish influences and Heather's first gig was at the age of six in an Irish busking festival. Heather's been writing songs since she was 13 years old and in her high school years she sang backing vocals for her mother's performances, who was a singer-songwriter in her own right, and she was playing in bands. During her university years, Heather and her band toured Ireland supporting Mad Dog McRae After finishing school, Heather went to Brazil for three years, where she studied music and performing with some of Brazil's leading musicians. This trip cemented her decision to pursue her music as a full-time career. On returning to the UK in her mid-twenties, Heather continued to perform Brazilian-influenced music, as well as collaborating with other artists, including champion beatboxer Bellatrix and Ninja Tunes Submotion Orchestra. As a soloist, Heather's debut EP, China Mind, was released in 2020. It occupies the space between folk and electronica, singer-songwriter and neoclassical. Her songs are ethereal and haunting, featuring her uniquely pure-toned voice and evocative harmonies. Heather's vocal group, The Sugar Sisters, is a 40s-inspired trio specialising in close three-part harmonies. While busking, the trio was spotted by the producer of Irish radio presenter Sir Terry Wogan and that led to some amazing opportunities, including performing on BBC Radio and at Royal Albert Hall. In addition to writing and performing, Heather has many years' experience in music education. She currently works at the Royal Brompton Hospital as lead artist on the Vocal Beats program, which she helped to create and develop. This project works with paediatric heart and lung patients from birth to age 25, offering a diverse range of music, including lullaby singing, beatboxing classes, and singing for breathing sessions. Heather also works as a musician in residence at the Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children in London. This episode contains discussion around the loss of a parent and grief. Thoughts that I carry with me, you 
thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Heather. It's such a pleasure to have you today. Oh, thank you. It's a real pleasure to to be speaking to you, um, especially across the waters. Like it's nice to be speaking to someone that's at a totally different time as well. You're in your night and I'm in my morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what what's um whereabouts in London? Are you in London? Where are you in England? No, I'm actually um so I'm in Sussex. We uh-huh. were, I love that my husband's just walked in the door, so you're probably downstairs you might hear him talking to the neighbours outside currently. Um <laughs> but anyway, so I'm I live in Sussex now, um, which is yeah. southeast. We spent I spent a lot of time living in London and um yeah, during like living in a flat in London with a child in lockdown was definitely like a good like push to leave we've been wanting to do it for ages but um yeah. yeah so I now but I now work in London a lot like I just live an hour from London but it's very much in a beautiful village in Sussex so kind of the best of both worlds yeah that would be nice because you could sort of escape, yeah. escape that intense busyness and switch yeah for me definitely and I go to London like at least once a week sometimes twice so it's really yeah, yeah it's still totally part of my life but um it's mm-hmm. really I very much like it when I get back to the country yeah oh yeah. that's awesome um two things you just reminded me of I'm already going off topic um we went to London it would have been 2005 I reckon before we had kids and I just felt like I didn't feel nervous at all I just felt like I was at home because we watch a lot of English tv shows over yeah. here in Australia and it was like oh I just felt so relaxed and I like all the accents I found myself starting to into like um do people's accents like imitate accents yeah yeah and, and it was just really fun it's so oh, relaxing so nice. um and then that's so nice that you think London's relaxing I'm like, oh no it, I mean it's full on there's no doubt that it's yeah, full on, yeah, but yeah. I did often when I go overseas I mean I haven't been overseas for a long time now but um, we'd go to Asian countries because they're close for us and yeah. you just don't know what you're going to get like, obviously the language barrier the smells are different like the culture's so different and I'd yeah. get really nervous as soon as I'd get in the airport you could always tell if there's a guard holding a gun you're sort of like yeah oh, yeah this yeah. is a it's bit totally different, different vibe. Um, yeah yeah but yeah London was just like oh this is yeah no it's so great, great. It is it is so great and it's so great um it is great when you have child, children like there is a lot of stuff to do but it's such a great place to be pre-kids as well like I really enjoyed this period like late 20s early 30s of living in London and just going to parties and going to magazine parties just doing really fun you know just having that life for a bit like being young I think it was great and then you have kids and then you're like god it's quite a lot of effort to go somewhere (laughs) with my child I'm not really going out much tonight yeah the organization it's just like a whole it's a whole like plan for like Uh, this whole episode that has to happen um, the other Absolutely. thing you reminded of me when you talked about living an hour away, um, there's a show we get over here called Escape to the Country. That's an English yeah. show. And I straight yeah, away I had visions of people, how they go, oh, we just want to get out of the city. And, oh, it's, it's oh, like, I can't I love tell it. you, like that is literally what England is like right now. I mean, there's so many people that are moving from London, yeah, especially right. like in this village. Everyone's just like, oh God, I need the country. So yeah, it's very much that way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, I, I ha- I'm going to have to, I'll do some Googling when I get off and I'll have a look at some pictures of your, what your little area is like. Yeah, like, yeah, I like getting it's gorgeous. Um, yeah, the, totally. The other thing I love asking people about is their weather. What's your weather like at the moment? <laughs> um, Yeah, it's pretty bleak. It's okay. It's just like, yeah, it's just grey skies. And I think it's mm-hmm. very, you know, <clears throat> you can really feel um, by the beginning of March, you know, we're all just like, 
desperate for spring it's been this kind of really intense winter and it was really sunny the other day and I was like oh my god like hope new life like there's that Mm -hmm. kind of vibe and then yeah so I think it's like although it is a bit grey you also kind of know that it is hopefully I mean it's England so it has snowed at Easter before but you hope (laughs) that we're kind of coming out of the like side like back end of that kind of wintry vibe and I think for us it's really nice because we've only been here like we've been here just over a year so we kind of saw like you know the um blossoms coming out and like sort of discovered it but it was very much when we moved here you know we were still in a lockdown and um we also were kind of you know just figuring out the house and whatever just basically very very new to it and now I'm quite excited about the fact that like I know that the sun is coming and and like just sort of discovering this area and watching like the blossoms come on the trees and stuff because that is quite special isn't it when that starts happening after you know because it's so I mean as with most people I definitely know I'm quite affected by the weather and after you've had like a really bleak winter you're just a bit like oh god Mm -hmm. another day and then suddenly the sun the sun shines and you're like okay like life is yeah okay like life is good you know and so um yeah but it's quite great right now it's fine Mm. (laughs) yeah drizzly with the with a view to sun soon. oh dear. but every time it's sunny you feel like you have to do something and then you're like yeah oh, no, it's fine like I don't have to do it like I can be sunny and like we can also just be like oh yeah we don't have to go on these massive trips my husband's was like the sunshine and we have to go on a walk and you know so it's like knowing that we're in a nice place now that we're gonna yeah. have hopefully a whole lifetime of sun coming in summer yeah, yeah. you don't have to do it all at once <laughs> yeah exactly oh I love that <laughs> you're a singer and a songwriter and a musician can you tell us about um how you got started and a bit of a yeah sure it's so weird I was thinking about this today because I was thinking it's like I do so many different things musically in terms of my life is like it's yeah there's there's a few like very different things that kind of obviously intertwine but it's quite rare almost to like um talk to someone about all of them at the same time do you know like because it's almost like you're kind of like oh this is me when I do music in a hospital or this is my singer songwriting stuff or this is the vocal mm-hmm. tree like so you kind of have these quite different like mindsets and then you're like oh yeah, yeah. it's really nice to reflect on everything yeah. um so I basically yeah so I grew up in quite a musical family but in a very alternative way so like I didn't have um it wasn't like I had like formal lessons or anything when I was a child. I mean, I would have loved that, but like I had kind of quite the opposite, like really alternative parents that just did music. Like, so I kind of just grew up around music. Um, my dad was is Irish. Um, so I like had a lot of like Irish music, which is actually, I think that does feel quite important because in, in the Irish culture, it's just so like natural and instinctive. So I kind of grew up a lot around like all my, his family would always just be singing at gatherings. Like my granddad, even when he was like 95, would be like singing into the, into the early hours with the microphone at a party, you know, that kind of <laughs> vibe. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I just grew up with that. And um, and then my first performance was when I was like about, about five in Ireland. So we were basically traveling around in a bus in Ireland. And I uh, had my first ever performance was with my all my family my mum and my dad and my brother and my sister I have more since then but at the time there was just the three kids 
um and we were performing in a busking festival so like they basically had to like go around you'd go and yeah get kind of busk and then get chosen and be the finalist on the stage so we got chosen to be the finalist on the stage so I have this memory of being about five and like fighting over a microphone with my brother and sister because we're slightly different heights <laughs> so and then we like sung and I don't know I mean I think that the whole town came in my mind in my memory there were like thousands of people watching I mean I don't know they're probably a couple of hundred I don't know but yeah. like you know so that was yeah so I guess that kind of it was always like it's weird because it was always very natural but because of that I kind of it wasn't like a big thing that I sung it was mm-hmm. just like oh yeah cool like and then when my family did. broke up yeah it's just what I did and then my family broke up uh, my my mum and dad broke up and then my mum got together with an African um, musician and had a few children with him so I grew up in with like a lot of like West African music around me so then that was all like we were kind of always traveling with that and they were working mm-hmm. doing like a lot of music in schools and um and performing and then and when I was a teenager uh, my mum used to sing and I used to basically um sing like backing vocals for her so it was quite a weird like I was saying this the other day I was saying this at a gig that it's like literally the moment where I was really embarrassed about my mum because you just go through that phase when you're a teenager right where you're just yeah. like oh my god mum like what are you saying I was literally standing on stage with her at the same time as being like so I'd be like singing her songs whilst being like oh my god like so it's a really in- interesting conflict um, yeah. but yeah but then I think I kind of um yeah it was like not I, they did obviously like encourage my singing but it was weird because it was like it was just quite a sort of like it wasn't like I would meet someone and they'd be like, in my family, they were just like, oh yeah, cool, you sing, rather than like, it was kind of later in life when I would go and do stuff with other people that would be like, oh wow, like you can really sing. Whereas it was just kind of like, just what people did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then it was kind of when I went to uni that I started really like having my own bands and like started, you know, I was always writing stuff since I was a teenager, but then it was like when I started going to university, I started performing with my own bands. And then I went, I spent a few years living in Brazil and uh, doing music there and that was like for me that was a really nice again it was very much that kind of culture that you know it's very un-British in the way that music is very much like everyone there and it was Mm -hmm. just you know you have no no space to be like really shy and like oh I don't I feel a bit self-conscious about singing it's just like you sing sing so it kind of so going to Brazil really helped me kind of with you know overcoming any sort of shyness and also it was a really nice it was a period where I just met all these new people and no one knew anything about me and it was the Mm -hmm. first time I'd kind of had these people that were like wow you're a singer and you've really got something and we want to really support you and I had a whole group of people that really sort of supported me to go and do recording and like it was the first time almost that I kind of I don't know like yeah that I was almost like an adult away from everyone and someone that knew nothing about me that just heard me so it was like a really important chapter in my confidence I think and that's where I made a decision in Brazil like whatever happens even if I have to like busk on the street like I'm going to pursue a musical path Mm -hmm. um and yeah and I have done that I mean it's been obviously as you will know uh it's a very up and down journey but like I have pursued it and then it's taken me to lots of like different you know places and yeah really exciting things and yeah like a real mix of stuff Where I don't see myself 
Yeah, so then I did like a lot of stuff with my solo stuff in Brazil and then I came back and, I, and I've kind of carried on pursuing that. Um, and then I also, speaking of busking on the streets, like I kind of had a, um, a trio that like, I have a couple of friends who are really, really incredible singers. And one summer we were like, oh, like we need some money over summer. Why don't we just go and busk? And so we put together this, this trio called the Sugar Sisters, which is very much like, um, you know, close part harmony, but all very visual as well. So we dress up in like 40s clothes and it was all like, so we did that and we just like went to busk. And from doing that, it's so funny that, that there's these two kind of formative things in my life of busking, but from busking with them, we cut like just so much stuff happened from that, you know, like someone, I, I don't know if you know, there's, I, I don't know if you know, do you know someone? I don't know if, how well known he is, but there's this person called Terry Wogan, or there was an amazing presenter here that like everyone loves. Like it was like absolutely like he's he is he's not alive anymore. But this Irish yeah. uh, radio presenter that like absolutely like one of the like any person here is like oh my god Terry Wogan like he's this amazing yeah. Irish man. So his his producer spotted us busking, and um and then we went on to Terry Wogan's radio show, and then did quite a lot of different stuff with him, and then like just and all these really nice gigs came and. So like, I just had this kind of, you know, like where you didn't know something happened. It went from being like, oh, we, we, let's go get some money. Like we're all singers, but skin is summer to like going and being like, oh, wow, this is so yeah, this kind of one of these random little chapters of life. And then, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. And then I do music as well um, in a hospital, in a few hospitals. So like I'm a musician in residence where I get to work with some really amazing other artists. And I can, that's a whole kind of other chapter almost, but I kind of yeah. do that. Um, and then I, yeah, and then I write my own stuff still and I continue performing and I do work alongside my husband with the stuff that I write and he's helped like produce. He's an amazing musician himself um, mm -hmm. and does lots of other stuff too. Um, so yeah, I kind of, it, it's an interesting, thing thinking about all the stuff you've done all the stuff you kind of can like yeah there's so many different things that you're kind of um balancing and then obviously with parenthood and then obviously with a pandemic so it's it's felt like quite a strange time being a musician now I'll say um but I feel like I'm only just post-covid like starting to believe that music can happen again because there was a period probably like a year ago where I was like oh my god is this our life now <laughs> or yeah. two years ago do you know what I mean? you're like are we ever going to do a gig again anyway that's yeah. a really big stream of consciousness so please ask a question <laughs> <laughs> no that's fantastic no oh it's it has it's been such a shocking time I mean touch wood we've personally we've been pretty good we're in South Australia so we've, we're quite away from like the big centres like Melbourne, Sydney that have had the big outbreaks. And we certainly yeah. haven't had the level of lockdowns. Melbourne had big lockdowns, um, but like we haven't had the same level of lockdowns as what you guys have had over there. So, um, but even in that, it was just like, stuff was just getting cancelled left, right and centre. And it was like, oh, really? Like, Embrace my faults, my fears into the night. Cherry lips kiss the rocks we ride. You are to me. Did you find sort of new ways to be to keep playing your music? Like, was that really important to you to keep? I, keep I, to be honest, I found it like a really 
difficult time because I think I'd love to say like, yeah, it was amazing. And I like did this and I went there and I wrote this. And, but actually the reality is I like had a two-year-old and I, and I really struggled like it, with it because I think it's like, especially when some of my friends were, you know, would be like, oh, I've just, well, I mean, everyone's different, but some people were, you know, having a lockdown and maybe they felt like they were getting, using it as an opportunity to write songs or something. But like, I, no, I didn't, like, I couldn't write anything. I mean, I could, mm. I mean, I tried to, I wrote little bits and bobs, but I just didn't really have the headspace. I, I worked, so all the hospital stuff I was doing, I was really lucky to, so I did that online. And um, mm-hmm. so it was really interesting taking a whole practice, um, online so that in a way was you know I was still doing creative stuff I collaborate with these incredible like um this other singer stack and these world champion beatboxers so we kind of had to find a way to um do a whole like yeah online offer to to patients and young people that we work with so in a way we were like you know we made a kind of like harmony and beatboxing nursery rhyme album or we were doing these like live streams or so you know so I was doing stuff with them um but in terms of my own writing I was sort of desperately trying to like carve out little bits of time but it was like um and me and my husband you know the good thing is is that we we were at home together so sometimes we would like you know maybe just have like a little jam session in the evening or play through some stuff but then it's funny even with that because you get like irritated like no I want to play this song well I don't want to play that like so then it's like (laughs) I was like oh god Um, so we kind of bicker through what we're going to play um but I um yeah I just found it like a really difficult time because there just wasn't it just felt like survival because it's like we were in a flat we had no childcare, and I had to work and my husband had to work so it was kind of like if I wasn't doing the hospital work I was doing childcare in a flat with a two-year-old who is as an only child will say I will say not was never been the most self-sufficient child (laughs) never want to go and play by himself get better but you know I mean it's not like and not kind of like entertaining himself life he's now four but he's and he's amazing he's really sweet but you know it's yeah. not a kind of like oh he just sits in the corner with a and draws while I sing it's like no <laughs> no 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 just on that I saw a video of you on your Instagram you were singing um bewitched bothered and bewildered and, <laughs> yes and you could hear this little voice calling out from the side that is literally <laughs> it that is exactly it I mean we had that was that was actually during that period as well because that would be like we'd be there and, and we had a piano in the living room so at least I'd be like you know what I would always try and do is I think okay when can I sing so it's like he'd be eating breakfast and I'd like you know have a a book of like standards and I play them on the ukulele and like or like yeah get my husband to do it but exactly you just learn how to just be like just singing like mm-hmm, yeah okay later you know but you can kind of weave it in and then people are like yeah. god that's amazing that you can weave it in and you're like literally the only way I get to do it yeah. um but actually recently I'd say which has been so nice is um I had a gig last week and I had a few rehearsals and he was so amazing and I wasn't like it was the first time where I would say okay well, I'm just rehearsing and someone's come around and we're just singing some harmonies I've set up your toys and stuff in your room so you can come in if you want or you can play and it was kind of the first time that he was actually just sort of doing that and then also we went around yeah went into someone else's house and he was like playing with a train set listening to us rehearse and I was like okay this is this is really nice I'm really you know mm. so he as he gets older he's like he loves music and he's more sort of uh, getting a bit more not respectable but like he's sort of getting more of an understanding that like this is important and he like you know he'll go to sleep every every night he has phases that will either be like my album he'll listen to or 
my husband's album or and like when we were rehearsing he was listening to my husband the other day like doing some little electronic triggers for some of one of my songs like really kind of abstract part of the track that like no one would really know what that was from and he listened he walked in and went that one's can't be enough right so he's just got this like really good uh, yeah. uh, uh, and you're uh, like uh, yeah it is actually well actually, so, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because there's an incredible video and I, I've got to commend you for teaching your child about amazing musicians about oh, thank um, you. Bjork's um he must know her inside out um, oh yeah I just I'll just give a bit of background for the listeners there's a video where you're basically playing like literally snippets of songs like yeah. not even like the a second it's like, like the intro like the intro yeah. it could even be like a the sound of a like one drum beat or something like the, yeah. the very beginning of a song yeah. yeah and he's just yelling out the name of the song it's like yeah that is like bravo to you first of all. <laughs> thank but, you but but not maybe not doing that with the wiggles but you know what I mean like I know I do yeah I, I know it's it. funny my husband's like tried really he's he's always got Akira into quite niche music and Akira loves it but he's got this real like memory he's got he's like that about Bjork to a level that I I know loads of incredible Bjork fans I mean I love Bjork but I don't think I know an adult that would be able to go head to head with him like he's mm-hmm. so good at knowing had the titles but every time he'll listen he won't just go like oh, I like this he's like hmm so what's the name of this song can I see the cover like so he kind of just takes it all in mm-hmm. and then he'll say I want to listen to something I've never heard before but Bjork so he knows like to give it like the good thing about Bjork is she's got such a big back catalogue that you can mm-hmm. keep discovering um he's like that about flags of the world and geography as well he's got kind of a crazy oh, awesome. brain amazing yeah. yeah but um yeah the Bjork is so, so it's actually been really nice with him to kind of discover and listen to music with him you know it's been Mm. a really nice thing and like yeah some of our favorites so he's just got a real quite a niche and and at his um birthday party he so it's at his fourth birthday party and anyone that that knows Bjork well like there's a song called Earth Intruders which is like quite sort of um yeah quite intense it's like um quite rhythmical and quite heavy and he was like I want Earth Intruders. So he's like sitting there and like playing past the parcel to Earth Intruders and all his friends are just literally like, what the hell is going on? And then he's like, and then for like, and then musical statues, he's like, I want human behavior. And then like, again, like oh. they're all just there dancing. And he's going, I think they're really enjoying it. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or at nursery, he like used to get the teacher to always play Zan Bjork songs and come home. So they played possibly maybe, but it wasn't the right version. But all the other kids are just like, oh. what is going on? Oh, he's but, good, yeah. isn't he? Oh, yeah, I he's love very that. funny. Yeah. I love that. It, that is amazing. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Really we had one friend that. that brought him a Bjork t shirt for him. Um, his his birthday which was which he loves is his favorite t-shirt and we did actually send because I have a friend who's like who works who's kind of has connections of people that have connected to Bjork so she did Mm -hmm. send Bjork the video we didn't get a reply but hopefully nonetheless she she got to watch it even if she just got to watch the video of Akira naming her songs (laughs) (laughs) oh I could she'd she'd be pretty proud of that I reckon Uh, I I hope so Uh, oh that's great
distrust. From all the things that you were exposed to, how could what what way do you describe your style of music that for your singer songwriter? I guess I would sort of I would describe it as um, ethereal, um, very harmony driven. Um, yeah, I love strings. I love harmonies. And I love music that kind of creates like a sense of atmosphere and slightly otherworldly, like, yeah. So I guess it's very like female vocalist, but very much in yeah, an ethereal way. And I don't, I, I don't feel like it's like, oh yeah, it's just folk or like it's hard. I find it hard to kind of categorize it in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd say like, it's, it's, you know, a bit acoustic, a little bit electronic. There's kind of fragments of like electronic, fragments of acoustic and stuff, fragments of folk, but altogether it's like, yeah, ethereal is kind of what I'm going for. And it's really nice because um, I, um, it's taken me a long time to develop that sound. Like obviously I've worked through, I've been writing songs since I was like probably 13 and I, have gone through like lots of different phases and recorded stuff that I would now say like oh that doesn't represent me at all like I've kind of you know mm -hmm. I've had to, it's taken a while to sort of discover like what my voice is well yeah what kind of musical sound I want mm -hmm. and um I definitely think that Taz has that's my husband he's been really helpful in like um yeah I really trust his musical instinct but I think it's the closest to I think as when you're first starting out, it's very hard to kind of sometimes trust yourself when you're like mm -hmm. with someone that may have a louder voice or you're working with a producer or, and especially because, you know, I'm very much, I've, I have done more music training as I've got older and I went and studied at musical in Brazil and I did different things. But I, as I said, like when I was younger, I didn't have lessons. Like I, I grew up and I sung in a very instinctive way. So mm -hmm. like, actually when you first start coming and you're suddenly going into a world of people that kind of have a different sense of theory and then you're trying to articulate your ideas when you don't like, necessarily have the language for it, mm -hmm. that can feel quite intimidating. And I think with Taz, it's like, he is the, cl the closest I could get to like putting my ideas out. So he can start, so sometimes for example, like a lot of the stuff I've done, like I've got a seven string guitar from Brazil and I like wrote a bass, line on that and then he helped translate that onto a piano like but he took exactly what I'd done and was like that or like I've got sometimes I've written some stuff on a ukulele like some interesting chords and then he's put that onto a harp or then I've written all these vocal lines like I love writing loads of layers of vocal harmonies and then he's helped translate all of those and put those onto strings so it's like yeah. you know so it's as direct as my ideas could be with someone that can kind of translate help me translate them mm -hmm. um yeah so that's so that's been really interesting like us working together and um and obviously he brings all his own stuff as well but the first time we worked together I wrote this song for him and um when we first got together and um he and I knew like that I couldn't just say the word like love because he's he is really into lyrics we kind of bonded over lyrics so I was re I remember writing this song this is very pre pre kids when you could spend hours thinking about how you wanted your lyrics to sound so I had like 36 pages of lyrics to get to these one lyrics you know and uh and I yeah so I wrote the song and um and then I sent it to him and then he like wrote this really beautiful um outro on piano back and then like sent it back to me and then from that then that was the beginning of our collaboration and now like that whole outro section just has this beautiful like it's got it's kind of almost a track on its own and it's got really gorgeous strings and so yeah we kind of always tried to collaborate in a way where like he has sort of space to bring his 
style and taste and then I yeah finding mm. his his voice comes through as well yeah yeah so how would you describe his style of music um so he has his own so it's called Tasmodi and he has his own um solo project and it's like it's contemporary classical I guess so it's very I mean it's really beautiful but it's very he plays piano and um yeah does a lot of stuff with piano and strings but he also does a lot of stuff that's electronic um in it like yeah kind of contemporary electronic stuff um well that doesn't really describe it very well but quite subtle electronic stuff in there mm -hmm. um and then he plays with a band called Submotion Orchestra and he plays with a band called Portico Quartet and again both of them are kind of like elements have elements of like electronic jazzy like um yeah very cool so I first met Taz through hearing through my friend Ruby who plays the Submotion Orchestra who I also sing in the trio with so first um yeah so I met Taz through that because he plays in the band with her and it's like it's really nice to meet someone that you really respect as a musician and then and then like and then to make a connection because I think it's so important like I feel like music is such an part of me that it's like you really even if you just met someone and they were like so perfect but you just really like I don't know I know like I, I had like if you just on a totally different wavelength musically like that would mm -hmm. be quite I don't think that would work very well you know like I know yeah. I, I did once I once was seeing someone and and he just was just he just had really bad music taste and like but we just and that sounds really harsh but it's like we were just on a different wavelength and I was like mm -hmm. it's not it feels like such an integral part of me that if I play your song you just don't get it like you don't get me like so mm -hmm. it, yeah so it's really nice that we yeah. kind of like connect on that level absolutely and he has good taste yeah so it, yeah, that's the thing it, it it's about looking deeper into things and maybe seeing seeing why you've created what you've created and it gives you it gives exactly. people a glimpse into you and so yeah if people are only seeing like you know the surface there's yeah the, yeah you know, yeah so you play them your song and they're like yeah it's really nice and you're like mm, okay totally yeah anyone can say that I'm saying but like with your partner you're just like mm -hmm. wow are you getting like who are, you know anyway yeah. so yeah we do and it's funny with Chaz because it's like it's a really good uh connector between us because like if we're really like if we're annoying each other or kind of irritated by each other or having a little period of finding things challenging, actually probably the best way we could reconnect is like seeing each other doing music and sort of mm -hmm. remembering who each other is, you know, because sometimes yeah. when I go and see him playing, I really kind of just see him and I like, do you know, yeah, if you know what I mean, and I, yeah. when I hear the sort of sensitivity of the music that he plays, it's really beautiful. It kind of reminds me of like really who he is like at his core and that's like, yeah, yeah. and I think probably the same for him it kind of really reminds you of like that really big thing that's like a really big connection and like I said we connected through music we connected through a shared love of different different styles moved through a shared love of lyrics and stuff so that is very much kind of an integral thing for us yeah, yeah so <laughs> that's anyway. so lovely <laughs> yeah um, that's awesome So when you guys decided to to have a family, was that yeah? Were you conscious of how that would affect your 
music. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I really, it's still something that I, I found. Um, yeah. I, I just feel a little bit like in this creative world, you're always kind of striving to, to do something or to like reach some, I don't know. I, for me, I kind of feel like there's always felt like, done all these really cool things but there still feels like oh there's this thing to actualize and you kind Mm -hmm. of can't take your foot like you can't just be like oh I'm just having a total break from everything and I'll get back to my career later you know it's felt so I think I um yeah so I definitely felt I was quite scared like having a baby I was quite scared about like losing my place I guess and actually Mm. in a way looking back I actually did things like probably in hindsight too soon I don't know if it's too soon but like I think I think if I'd have another baby maybe I would give myself a bit more space I mean maybe I wouldn't but like in like I think looking back it's like when Akira was so tiny I was like back doing like a really big gig when he was like seven weeks old and he came with me um you know and it was this like completely silent audience of like in a really formal place like 400 people in silence like watching and I'd like just been like trying to breastfeed like backstage and then I'm like went to sing and then I was like Taz came with me so he could hold Akira but again it's like you know how when you have a baby you're completely like it's the one thing you don't have any control like their timing so you know how you're like if you're like need to get dressed need to get on stage need to do my thing this is timing suddenly you're like oh my god I've got a little baby I'm trying to keep them alive and yeah so I kind of I remember doing that and being like whoa this is actually like I've just I've really just had a baby and my voice Mm. was really weird, which again, no one told me that my voice would be weird for a while after having a baby, all the hormones. Um, So yeah, it was quite, you know, and and then I also went back to work at the hospital really, really soon as well, because a really good opportunity came up and I was like, oh, so I'd like, you know, I'd do all these things like meet my in-laws while like they'd look after my girl, I'd be expressing at like, you know, when he's like literally like three months old or whatever, like I'd just Mm -hmm. go, I mean, only little snippets, but it's like, yeah, I really, I just didn't, want to yeah lose my place I guess so um and yeah and and I think I and I want to I wonder how if looking back if I think like how how has it affected me and I think yeah it has affected in lots of ways like having a child is amazing and I love like being a mum is amazing it's given me like a sense of purpose and also maybe that thing that you're always trying to achieve it kind of maybe I don't know finding a bit more peace with that and being a bit more present to the moment because actually I think what I like one of the things about being a mum that I've kind of learned since through time is if I try and do too many things at the same time as being with Akira that's when it's stressful like I need to kind of I don't when I say I need to separate my life but I need to like mm. it's great like we say in the mornings I can sing with him he's at the table but if I've got a gig like actually I really just want to have headspace to get ready for that gig and mm-hmm. if I and if I'm with a kid in the day I really don't want to be trying to work at the same time you know it's like trying to like yeah. not do it all at the same time because that's when I feel this real pull and I've done stuff like you know when you're trying to get ready for a gig and you're trying to remember all the stuff you need to take and mm-hmm. then like your child just happens to have a tantrum then and you're just like oh god I can't go like yeah. well it's been like right tights hair flips they're like all these things like trying to do all of that yeah. whilst like doing a vocal warm-up mm-hmm. while like you know and that's when it's like so maybe as a mum as I'm getting older or more experienced I'm sort of 
like yeah like I had a gig the other day and I said and uh, Taz was like oh no we'll just get my mum to like come over and she'll look after him and then uh, and then we'll like in the night and all the stuff and I was like no I just want to drop him to London and let him stay with your mum so I don't have to have two headspaces like I want to have the day to just like prepare for this gig like mentally and practically like I just want to do that and like him have a great time where he's with someone that can just be present to him and then you know and then and actually it was great and I think because Taz didn't quite get it and then on the day he was like oh yeah this was actually really good wasn't it so (laughs) um yeah important I think to not only you're going out to to do your gigs and have your own thing but you still have to while you're in your home and with your family you still need time to be away from them like you need that separation like for your sanity for you know just to to get in that zone like you talk about just so you make sure you don't forget something while you're getting ready and you know definitely because it's a totally different headspace and I think that's the thing like when and when you're a parent you, you can't like nobody can prepare you and I think that you can't explain the feeling of like when you go from not being a parent to being a parent and having a baby and suddenly you're like oh my god I can't go for a wee when I want or you know suddenly you've got yeah. this other person who is like totally dependent on you and it's like and it's a real shift like you almost don't exist and I know you get mm-hmm. to learn your identity but at the beginning it's a really like what the hell like where have I gone I'm just now mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a vessel for this other person and I don't know who I am. And it's quite a weird transition period. But I think, um, yeah, I think that actually, and that's, you know, and I think obviously as your child or children grow up, then you get better at like maybe being with that. And I'm not saying that like, you're just living for your kids and you're not in there, but, I'm, but what you have is like, when you're with your child, ultimately, like you could be about to walk out the door and they'll be like, I need a poo. Or like, you know, it's like, that's yeah. the thing. You're suddenly in this other world. Like you don't have really all this control of time. It's like, mm. you're in this kind of situation where actually no matter what, you're there and you're kind of, when they're little, you're there and you're kind of helping and supporting them. Yeah. So actually it's not that, it's difficult for them as well if you're totally being like, oh, I'm focusing completely on something. It's like this kind of balance, isn't it? So yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then when you're a mute, when you're being a, performer or when you're doing that it's like the other extreme isn't it where it's all about like okay actually I need to think about what I'm wearing I need to think about how I sound I need to think about what I'm going to say like there's all of these things which is very much a kind of insular like focusing on like you and your identity or you know like it's the kind of the other extreme and like so I've had a few conflicting moments where I definitely tried to do both and got really stressed um yeah it's an intro but yeah so I don't and, and I think that kind of sense of identity I've really it's still something that I yeah I'm sort of always grappling with and like I think mm. some people as a parent would you know like 
I remember someone saying like, oh, I just want to, whenever I meet anyone, I just want to go up and tell them like, oh my God, I'm a mom. And this is when they were a baby. And I was like, wow, I kind of, I mean, obviously that's lovely. And it's lovely that they could see I'm a mom, but I also want to go and be like, I'm also a person. Like, yeah. I kind of had the opposite. Yeah. I was like, I'm a singer. This is like, I know, yeah. like, you know, so I guess it's that, like you're kind of grappling with how to be all of those things. And like, yeah. biggest thing was when I had my boys it's like you do everything for them and you like you say you exist to keep them alive and then when you see someone down the street or you someone comes to the door the first thing they want to do is see your child and it's like well yeah. hang on a sec I'm the one that's keeping this thing going exactly. you know I want to check how yeah. I'm going you know it's exactly like, and I know that's natural because people are excited but it's like you just feel like you get shafted you just yeah it's like yeah okay whatever yeah. I don't know and it's yeah and it's weird isn't it because I guess everything everything changes and I think um you know I I was saying that you know I had a really difficult experience of pregnancy because I when I was pregnant my mum died when I was pregnant so I kind of had this other extreme where I was like also I kind of went through this identity shift where it's like I guess when you lose a parent anyway it's already like who am I and how do I exist in the world and where you exist mm. in the world it's like a weird it's again, it's like one of these things that you can't, it's very hard to explain. I think it's quite an experiential thing, but when through the loss of a parent, it's like your position in the world changes because you have this foundation and suddenly you don't have a foundation. Like that's how I felt. So, and then, but then it was like, I didn't have this foundation, but then also I'd kind of gone up a level because I then had this other like need to keep someone else alive. So I felt like in the middle, where I was like, oh my God, I'm just sort of like, I don't have any sort of foundation below me. And now, someone else needs me like what Mm. the hell I'm just in the middle and it was really difficult because you know my husband also like he would normally be very doting but like suddenly all his energy went towards our son because that's what happened you know when you have a pet that's also another reality I think when you have a child is that your partner kind of they suddenly they they have to also try and keep this child alive and you don't have any sleep and you know so it's Mm -hmm. like this other thing where the, the tent that yeah the support you get from them has sort of shifted or your mm. you know like, I don't know if you found that but your role is like sort of shifted a bit because suddenly you're both putting a lot of energy into another human being oh, yeah absolutely it's like you yeah, the uh, relationship between you has changed from the energy you give each other to the energy that you both give to something else a hundred percent and then you have mm. to learn how to find that energy for each other too mm-hmm. but actually at yeah. the beginning it is definitely like yeah it's, it's a shift and like so yeah, to be honest, like that period for me was just, you know, well, pretty like, yeah, awful really. I mean, it's, it's weird because I, you know, and it's so weird looking back at those early, that early stage, because it's like, on the one hand, it was lovely. And uh, Akira is a beautiful little boy. He's lovely. And he's, you know, so on the one hand, like I have all these special memories, but I'm also like, oh my God, that was the hardest moment of my life. Because I was just like, new mom, who the hell am I? Yeah. really sleep deprived in total grief yeah. desperately trying to like bring together my own like really trying to hold on to like my identity with you know like just that kind yeah. of thing like that's yeah incredibly challenging yeah, yeah. Oh. so it was very full-on um yeah 
gosh, I'm sorry. That's thank you. Yeah. to ask then you said that you your first gig back was at seven weeks mine was at seven weeks too so when you was said it, that I went, oh, you know, cool. yeah, you um, know. but within that time frame were you and I know we've just talked about everything that we're doing for the baby but I guess you would have been having to rehearse for your gig like were you you were still were you still in that like, space of music God, or were like, you just like yeah no. <laughs> I must have done I'm trying to think I'm like did I rehearse <laughs> um, yeah it's just kind of blur isn't it I probably would have done yeah I, I don't think I think in that time I probably wasn't massively but then I would no no knowing of that gig as well actually normally they'd be like can you learn a new song or something so maybe I, I yeah I would have probably been rehearsing but very much like the people I was playing in that gig with it was with the sugar sister so it was with the two other females and like one of them also had a daughter so they would have been very like you know come to our house and I could mm. cuddle a Kira you know like it would have been that kind of way of rehearsing you know like yeah. so it would have been yeah. sort of okay yeah really um, supportive yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely but I do remember even trying to get to the gig was just like oh I just remember like it was really stressful like it was I, I just kind of have this memory of me and Taz like trying to you know trying to leg it to get a train and it's like raining and the kid was like cry and then we're having to like go into like pub on the way to like change it I don't there was some kind of like you know what it's like but again it's like you're trying to mix two worlds of like a world that exists in like you have to be here on time with a world that is like with baby where it's like actually that is not the world you're living is it it's like oh they need this to happen right now okay let's stop everything I need to feed him or whatever yeah exactly it's an interesting time doesn't exist the same way (laughs) Exactly, it's definitely a clash of worlds. On that support element, did you have other people around you? You mentioned one of your co-singers in your group had a child was there people around you that could sort of empathize and help you out and go oh yeah we get it yeah. and take a bit of pressure like, off you? yeah kind of it, it it was weird because I met um or oh, I did meet like a lot of other mums and and my my sister also had a few um has two children uh, um before me so she's and we're really really close in age and we're really close so she was like a really big support, but she lived in Devon. So that's quite far in, in you know, um, I mean, I guess it's probably not in Australian terms, but in the UK, we think of it as quite far because it's like five hours away from where we were. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I, and I did meet a lot of other mums, but it was a really weird time for me because it was like, I felt very isolated because I'd met all of these people at, like we went to NCT and um do you have NCT do you know that like the parent like so it's the kind of oh, like a mama group. Yeah. thing yeah so you yeah. go when you're pregnant and you meet people and mm-hmm. and it was you know and I've now met people that are like I've got a few really really close friends from there and you know we all had babies at the same time but it was weird because it was like I was dealing with this like I just couldn't I, I went there can you imagine this was like literally about 
four weeks after my mum had died and everyone's just there like hi what's going on for you and I was like okay guys like I just need to like this is my thing I can't not this is what's happening you know I didn't mm. yeah it's not like I chatted about it all the time but it's like I think and I think people didn't realize at the time because I was like oh, I recently lost my mum and I think it was only like a bit after that they were like oh my god I thought you'd meant like last year that I didn't realize it was just now so I kind mm. of like I felt this yeah it was quite a weird sense of like being with everyone and having these amazing people who are lovely who I became friends with but no one else was having the same experience you know so it was quite yeah. an isolating time at the same time because yeah. you're just feeling something so full-on I guess it might be I guess if you're feeling like postpartum depression or something where you're like having something where you're like you know you're having such a kind of different experience mm. of things yeah. and I and I guess all like you know people were your worries are very different to other people's you know what I mean if someone's talking about like the color of the nursery and you're just like oh my god like what is my life good like you know and like, yeah. not to invalidate those concerns but like you're just in a different place mm. um but yeah I did and I really worked to you know build those relationships and carried on nonetheless I'm not someone that'll just sit in my house like and not do like I'll like go out and meet people and keep trying and go into groups and you know um and like I'm very much a kind of um I don't know like what the word is but uh I'm high functioning I am a high functioning griever you know what I mean it's not like I didn't get yeah. out of bed like I could have definitely yeah. not got out of bed but I didn't there wasn't that's also the thing it's probably in a way I'd love to have not got out of bed but I needed to because my child was like uh, you know um yeah so and um, but now I've got a really nice network of friends and then even here you know we've met some other really nice people even moving here and um and Akira is still friends with like you know the people that we were with in London and I had a great like that that first period of time where it was like you know like yeah like doing lunch just being on a totally different time schedule with you know just sort of just getting into living in the moment and stuff with with other yeah. parents and stuff you know yeah um but yeah it's very mixed time looking back on that I guess mm. for me oh yeah. absolutely and that's right like you say like you're experiencing something at the same time as everyone else you're but you're experiencing something so much more greater yeah the, the emotion yeah. pull on you is just incredible and I'm yeah like, yeah and like you say we're talking about all the you know the superficial things and you're like yeah mm, no there's actually like, yeah you know this is a big and it's and it's not fair because you also know that like and that is important to those people like yeah. you know like that that is totally valid like what they're going through is totally valid it's just that you're going through mm. something very and that sometimes their experience it makes it you know and it, and it's hard like it's so when you lose your the thing for me that was really difficult is like seeing people with their mums and stuff like that was so painful you know there's a constant mm. reminder so that like you go to the playground and someone's there with their mum and then you're just like oh like you yeah, know yeah it's, yeah, it's so all that, around you yeah it's all around you definitely yeah, yeah. um I wanted to ask about Akira. First of all, 
that is an awesome name. Where, how did you Thank come you. up with that? Um, yeah, it's so random. I think that we like, I remember that it was kind of random that my sister sent me, I was texting my sister when I was first pregnant about like names. And then I think there was some like spell misspelling and it came up with some really sort of random name that sort of sounded slightly Japanese. That was like, I can't even remember what it was, but it was really cool. And I was like, what are you suggesting this like Japanese name? And then we, and we thought it was brilliant, but then it was like, okay, well, maybe not that one. But then we were just like, but Kira's really cool. And he, there was a, there's a director called Akira Kurosawa who my mom really liked. And like Taz, who's really into cinema, like loves and like, so it wasn't, it wasn't in any way because we were like, we love the director. We have to honor him. It was just that we were just like, mm. that's kind of a cool, cool name. name. And yeah. there's, um, and I think it's, and my mom was, um, was Scottish. And I think it can apparently, it is, has like, scottish like yeah roots and, and it's sort of scottish for yeah maybe for a girl i can't remember but i feel like it is in scotland apparently and also yeah. apparently it's a uh, it's in india and, and taz's family taz's dad's indian so we're like well clearly oh. there's like some connection and uh, yeah. yeah it's bold it's a bold choice but um what well, sounds like so it suits him gone. honestly i think it yeah like, it just the, the energy yeah, yeah. the exuberance that i've seen on <laughs> your videos yeah like, it suits him perfectly <laughs> yeah no it's, it's good he's yeah and we haven't met another akira actually we did meet we met one girl um that was called akira so i think it's a unisex name right like yeah um but apart from that and i yeah, I haven't met another again. I think she was Japanese, but I, mm. and I think apparently in Japan it's very much like a um it's quite common. Like so I think it's in Japan it's just like Dave or something, you know, like, yeah. it's not like it's not unusual at all. Whereas here everyone's like Kira, oh yeah. which is great. Awesome. Yeah. Because I work in childcare, so I see a lot of different names. Yeah. And so when yeah. I when I hear one that I like, it's like, oh well, oh. you know, they stick here. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Oh, no. yeah. So what I was going to ask about, about him, um, did you find your songwriting has, has changed or, or sort of been influenced by becoming a mother? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I don't, I feel like um, it certainly has to an extent of like, I used to spend a really long time writing lyrics and that's like what I like doing I mean I feel like the process is like laborious and I don't necessarily enjoy it when it's happening but I kind of yeah. like the results mm -hmm. so it's like obviously you know I can write it's really easy to write some like kind of throwaway lyrics like and that's something you can do like quite quickly yeah. but then to like really create depth and like imagery and kind of take it I would normally spend a really long time going through it and um, and I found that quite challenging in a way because I'm like, oh, that's not really the way. Like you don't, when you're a parent, you don't really have the privilege of being like, we're just going to spend a few days just really delving into this. Do you know what I mean? Suddenly you're like, yeah. right, there's a window. I just really need to be creative in this small time I've got. And yeah. um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's quite interesting. And then it's funny how I'm like also on the other side of that is like at work, I'll often you know we'll be writing songs really really quickly with people like that's what you do like you can facilitate other people to write really quickly um or I'm running these like yeah different sort of songwriting sessions for different organizations and yeah it's so I think it's um I feel like in terms of content I haven't I have kind of written some stuff around it but I haven't I don't know how the content's like changed in a way because I feel like interestingly for me there was so much like wrapped up around um yeah parenthood and loss and 
it was it was so like sort of wound up like it was so I've kind of you know I did like lots of different like grief counseling stuff to kind of try and unwind stuff Mm. and I feel like at the beginning when I first had Akira I just couldn't like I I really want to point out like I I feel like it sounds like I'm really negative but I'm not because I love like it was really nice obviously you know yeah there's all these amazing positives but equally there was so much there was so much wound up in it that Mm. for a while I found it really hard to like write anything because it just felt like do you know it was just like wow this is just opening like there's just I can't really express this there's too much in here and I think now only in the last kind of couple of years or actually to be honest only really I started writing bits and bobs in lockdown but not really having that much space but only recently have I started to like really have a bit more sort of headspace and like Mm -hmm. time um and yeah I guess it has changed because I guess I have changed in a way is what I'd say but I don't but I haven't written like anything uh, for like specifically for him sometimes he's like can you write a song for me, please? I'm like, yeah, sure. He's like, one day, can I write? Can I be in it? And I'm like, okay, cool. And so yeah, that will come. But it's so hard, isn't it? Sometimes like expressing all of this. I think I used to like, when he was a little baby, I used to just like make up little songs and sing them to him when he was a child and stuff, yeah. you know, like make little, all these little voice notes and like make up songs. But um, yeah. yeah, it's an ev- ev- evolving process, I guess, is what I'd say around mm. it. Like, yeah. Um, when you mentioned there how he's he's saying write songs for me and whatever he's yeah. obviously quite aware that what you do and, and what dad does oh um, my god like yeah he he literally like analyzes my lyrics more yeah. than anyone like <laughs> honestly in a way that like no one pays any attention so I'll go in and he's like listening to one of my songs at night and he'll be like so when you say this what do you mean like exactly or he's like oh. learn the lyrics and like yeah, well, he once he picked up. I have this um, on on one of my lyrics. It's like, what's it? Oceans part we meet. I'm falling through blue seams. Night unveils the sea. Unraveled, you find me. And he was like, Oh, I like the way you say unraveled. There, it's kind of similar to Bjork's song Unraveled, isn't it? And I was like, No one has ever noticed that. <laughs> like, and I'm always like, like, I'm like inspired by Bjork. Like, unraveled. That's a great <laughs> word. And like, he's like the only person. It was three at the time, I feel. Anyway, oh, but wow. yeah, sorry for interrupting. Oh, no, no, um, no. That literally was about, yeah, it was heading down that path about he's, uh, do you think, like, is it important to you uh, for your identity, I suppose, that he's aware of what you do? Yeah, definitely. I think it is because I think it, yeah, it's really nice for him to kind of know us and, um, yeah, and it is, and it's nice for him and because it's a part of him as well in a way you know mm. it's like such a yeah so I think it is and, and it's important for him also to kind of understand us as, as human beings as well like not just his parents which is you know really nice I think that's that's great isn't it when they're like mm-hmm. oh you you exist and you do all this stuff and um it's funny because he he always wanted me to um go to his nursery I think yeah like last it was probably about a year ago 
we were singing a song together and he said, oh, can you sing it at nursery? So I had to go and like, he got, got me. He was really sort of nervous, but he asked me to like, if we could sing the song together in front of his teacher. So we did. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so, I mean, he, like, really, it was really cute. But then like at Christmas, I went, he, I went and I thought, okay, I'm going to go and just offer like, you know, to go and do some Christmas singing in his nursery. Cause it's like a really, as a little Christmas present for them. I was like, I'll go and mm-hmm. sing with them. And uh, so he was really excited about it. And uh, then when I got there, he was literally just so like, it was really interesting because he, obviously all the kids are there. And like you said, you work with young people. You see like, you know, when you start singing them from like the clothes. Oh yeah. They're all really, you know, and they're all like wanting to kind of like, yeah, they're, yeah, they're already clothes and they're all like right there. And he was a bit like, felt really kind of possessive, like hugging me and stuff. And then, and then he was also going, um, after I started singing a couple of songs, he was like, yeah, can I go and play now? And I was like, uh, I just can't like sing at your nursery. But it's like his way of processing it. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, but he was really, really proud as well. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's a nice thing seeing, you know, he he's frequently kind of saying like, oh, can I make up a song? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then we'll like make little voice clips of him singing. And uh, But the hilarious thing is because he loves Bjork, he always like, he sings in a really Bjork way, like in a really like, yeah, he'll be like, ah, like all these kind of growling, like he yeah. sings in a really expressive way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, you know, I love that that's his, he's very much, music is a natural thing for him. And I love that he knows that about us and also isn't just kind of like, oh yeah, mum and dad play. I love that he wants to listen to us. Like he'll li- literally he'll go in and he's listening to mm-hmm. my music on repeat but he also does it with my mum my mum's got an album and he'll also listen to her music yeah so he'll like listen to one of her songs on repeat like in the night as well sometimes so that's really lovely as well just like having that connection with people through music oh absolutely that's so lovely yeah what what was what's your mum's name she was called uh Nanette Nanette McClelland there you go oh that's just lovely yeah yeah I know we sort of touched on identity a little bit and talked about like the pull between the two and separating and stuff. Um, one thing I really like to talk to mums about, and I really say bad when I say, I really like to talk to you about your <laughs> mum guilt. You know, like it sounds really bad that I'm excited about it. But yeah, how, what are your thoughts about it? How do you feel about it? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about this before the interview. I was like, how, yeah. what is, what do I think about mum guilt? Yeah, I think I, um, 
I don't know how I know some people suffer from it really badly and I was trying to be like do I like how do I feel and I guess it's when you yeah when you're trying to do stuff or like if you're like leaving and he and like going to do something and then he's really upset or something like that like that's when you can start feeling it I think when I go like I think you know I've done some kind of like residentials or gone away and done some stuff and it's like when I do it when I'm there I I'm okay like I think I'm I'm quite good at sort of existing like we have a really strong connection but I'm quite good at like doing stuff being present in a different thing and and actually with Akira he's really good because because we've always um like worked and stuff he from a really young age has gone and been with Taz's parents or been with Taz or you know he's actually very adaptable like he's not I don't think he's a massively clingy child because yeah not that there's anything wrong with that but like it's like that's just always yeah. been our life Do you know I mean like I went back to work yeah. really early and I and um but then I'll also have like really intense time with him so it's not yeah I wouldn't go back to work full time but I think so I think he is really happy like when he's with Taz's parents he'll be like I didn't miss you at all sometimes but then so at the moment he's really like never leave me so we kind of go between these but anyway uh-huh. <laughs> yeah but he's like yeah I think we're quite good at like being he's very confident and settled in a way so we're quite good at like sort of exi- not existing separately but you know like doing mm. our like if I know doing that he's having yeah. a great time with his grandparents and I'm like away and I'm doing something creative like or I'm doing I'm working on doing something like I don't I don't know I'm not like yeah I don't know if I feel guilty but I yeah but I definitely can feel that pull when you're like if they're really upset or they need you or like obviously when you're kind of going I I basically one of the things I do is I work for this amazing organization with um and called Aldbury Young Musicians and I go and every month I go to Suffolk and work with really great artists and I'm like the songwriting specialist there so every month I'll go away for a couple of days Mm -hmm. so it's like and typically when you're about to get on the train to leave they're like nursery phones and they're like yeah he's just been sick you know it's always like that isn't it when you go away that that's when they're just like randomly they get sick and stuff so there's that always in there but um yeah and that's when you're a bit like oh god my child are they gonna be okay and I'm leaving and I'm like really far away and they're without me and yeah so I don't know the answer to mum guilt, to be honest. <laughs> so that's a really <laughs> rambling answer. No, I don't that's know. good. No. How do I feel about it? That's good. Yeah. No, I like that. I don't see myself. We go again. You mentioned that you do your residency at the hospital. Can you share a little yeah. bit more about what, what's involved? Yeah, you sort yeah, of mentioned sure. a little bit about the other artists. And yeah, yeah. So basically, um, I started working there um, yeah, in 2015, and it was like this project that um, 
so it's on the pediatric wards on the children's ward um and they want they already had like music stuff so it's a heart and lung hospital where i started working and they already had this whole singing for breathing program there for for adults and then they wanted to look at like bringing music for children and young people um so i went and i was like the first person there to to do it it was like just little old me like sort of trying to bring music to this ward and then as it started it was and it was great so you're doing yeah a real mix like working with all different ages so that can be anywhere between like like leading mums you know creating a kind of music group that people like that they would normally be going to these like groups of babies for example and so Mm -hmm. so you're kind of doing like that with songs or um doing kind of performancey stuff more like you're going to sing soothing lullabies or you're like doing a singing for breathing session with um young people or yes it's very much like led by the young people that you work with it's sort of guided by what's needed in the situation Mm -hmm. um and then after I'd been working there for about a year we we were like oh this is great and people are really engaging but there's a whole like group so maybe teenage boys for example as a total generalization but it was going to probably be more difficult to be like do you want to do a singing for breathing session you know like they yeah yeah, some someone say yes but so then we decided like then I had some really good friends who are beatboxers so then we were like oh let's maybe bring beatboxing in so then it developed into this whole big project now which is basically um singing and beatboxing and yeah and I play ukulele there as well and just kind of and so we just do a whole range of things um and it's amazing like I get to collaborate with lots of different artists and we go in onto the water they kind of you know you'll go there and it's like everyone knows okay you come in on this day and they'll be like oh waiting for you and then you see all that because it's a heart it's a specialist hospital um so you'll frequently have people that will come like a couple every couple of months or maybe some, maybe some people will stay really long term or some people mm-hmm. will like keep returning because they have cystic fibrosis so they'll come back for different treatments so it's like yeah. you build a whole relationship with them um it's been really intense through covid because um obviously we couldn't go onto the ward um for like yeah a year over a year and um and now even now I, I'm there by myself at the moment but like we still I still can't sing so it's been really full on so I've had to do a whole like develop a whole new practice um Mm. but hopefully soon we'll be able to but yeah because it's like the more that restrictions open up here almost the more intense it needs to become on the ward because obviously COVID is still happening (laughs) like especially for vulnerable people you know there's clinically vulnerable people that like you know are very affected um so yeah so it's been it's been a really interesting um journey for me like doing that without singing which is like exactly Mm. what I love doing um and yeah and I do and I also work at um Great Ormond Street Hospital which is another like that's a really big um children's hospital where there's like all that has all different specialisms um and then there's another one that I do some work at too which is which we which the vocal beat it's called vocal beats the project that we do at Royal Brompton Hospital with beatboxing and um and singing and like we've got there's lots of stuff like um online there's a whole um there's like a nursery rhyme album on youtube but it's kind of like nursery rhymes that i could deal with listening to because as a parent and as a musician a lot of them are just like you know you know what i'm saying <laughs> I know a bit much <laughs> so uh, these are like you know nice nursery rhymes with harmonies and things that yeah. we you know that i would i'd be happy to listen to um and then we've also got like a youtube channel that we that because we started on the project at first it was just from naught to 16 year olds but then it was like okay actually there's this whole group of young people from 16 to 25 that when you leave the children's ward you're suddenly like an adult but you don't really Mm. feel like an adult 
So yeah. we then started like developed a whole program to support young adults in their transition. And then part of it, we like co-designed a YouTube channel with them. So there's a whole YouTube channel where I've done all these like singing tutorials and beatboxing tutorials. It's called Vocal Beats and it's got, yeah, right. and I wrote, a, I wrote a ukulele book recently. There's all these like ukulele videos and like, so yeah, there's a lot of resources Excellent. for people like hospitalized or not like for any young people that just want to yeah. engage. Um, yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, so it is it's something, I mean, I'm really lucky to have done, like, it's great to do that as well. It's like, oh, you know, yeah, that must be just so rewarding too. Like, you just yeah. feel like you really feel, re I hate to using the word privilege now because it's got a new, whole new yeah, context, no, but you but feel so yeah, proud know, to be exactly able to do that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And yeah. it gives you, con like, it, it's really good. I think it's it's a really good, I mean, it's, it helped me a lot as an artist because I think, you know, when you're working on a ward, it's as much as it's about obviously like being talented or, you know, so it's like you want to have a really high caliber of musicians and that's great. And we, you know, the program is like really specialist and really amazing musicians. So you want to have that, but actually an equal part is not like you could have the best musician in the world and they, but it's not, it's almost more about the personality. Like they need to be mm -hmm. good musicians, but it's about being able to kind of relate communicate connect with people because like you are yeah. essentially walking into their bedroom in a really vulnerable situation like you know you're going yeah. in so that someone's like room when they're like child might just be about to have surgery or like you're dealing you know it's yeah. a very intimate space so actually it's a real human to human connection so you mm. need to like have these like yeah like this kind of you need to be able to connect and be really empathetic but like yeah it's just it's really interesting and I think mm. that as definitely as an artist it's kind of it's really helped me actually on stage because it's like yeah. when you go and sing an award, you can't like just like, say for example, you were like someone that always only ever had your eyes closed. Like if you went in there and started singing with your eyes closed, that would never work because it's like, mm. you have to be like, I'm here, I'm another human and we're like connecting and I'm making you feel really comfortable. And it's hundred percent not about me. It's about you. And I'm not going to yeah. sing song. Like there's not really any ego in this. It's about me providing something that's like great for you, you know, like, and yeah, then, yeah. So when you're on stage, it's like, actually, it's really helpful with like how to kind of be intimate and talk to the audience and stuff. Even if you've got like hundreds of people, it's like, you can create yeah. that sort of intimacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so, not yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah. I remember as a kid singing, our teacher taught us to look over the top of people's heads he, he yeah. used to teach us not to eyeball people because I think he thought it'd put us off or, you yeah. know, we'd start laughing or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I came to this point in my singing that I thought, oh, my God, I'm not even connecting to people. I'm just looking yeah, over yeah, yeah, yeah. And looking I think that's heads. a similar thing. Like you're Absolutely. confronted. You have to look at these people because they're in your, you're in their space. And yeah, yeah, right. yeah. There's no ego. It's about what you're giving to them. So, it, like, it breaks down that barrier. Yeah. Your, your audience almost becomes a part of your performance like it's not like you're exactly and them yeah. it's like you're all together yeah yeah I can definitely totally. understand and actually, that yeah and there are people aren't there who are like you know the greatest there's certain artists who are so amazing like they can sit on stage with like thousands of people and it's as though they're like mm. having a really intimate chat is it like you know what yeah, I mean they absolutely. create that like yeah. that relationship with them yeah um yeah, so it, it's been a really interesting, and yeah, you do feel really privileged. It's also, you know, it's it can also be really emotionally challenging as well. Yeah, like I do, yeah. there's a lot of, you know, also working with, you know, yeah, kids with cancer or working with, oh, you know, the dealing with loss, which you do like, or, you know, that is some of the patients we work with are really, really sick. Um, yeah. So um, that can be really challenging, but also it's like you do equally 
the same reason it's really challenging you get to like it's also really rewarding because you're like oh my god like this person had a really short life and I made a really big impact like the other day Mm -hmm. I was just working and I went and like there were some parents and they were sitting in the room and their child had gone down for theatre so they were obviously like anxious as you would be if your child's gone down for theatre and Mm -hmm. I went to do music with another little kid in the bay that we were in and the mum before I started said oh my god like I just need to show you this before and she had these really beautiful photos on her phone of when her child that was like about four I think now had been a little baby and she'd taken all these photos of me singing to her child and she was like oh we've had these all printed out like they're in this book you're such a big part of his journey you know so like it's really Aww. nice when you're like yeah yeah this makes me all emotional oh, I know oh my god <laughs> I could go like, on I know oh, yeah that's a, that's a really like light story but yeah that's oh, things god. Like that where you're like <laughs> I know I know yeah it's very so it's it's, so it's interesting like I would also say that as the headspace like sometimes I feel very pulled in different directions because it's such it's like you need so much headspace that that work is amazing but it's like you are processing so much you know because it's Mm. like you're taking in you're going into like really emotionally charged atmospheres and you're trying to like and you can't go like you're trying to process something, you know, which can just be that you're you're there and you're seeing someone dealing with a really complex situation. Or sometimes you see someone that's the same age as your own child and you're like, oh, my mm. God, you know, like this yeah. things that kind of really resonate with you. Or there's sometimes obviously you do deal with loss. And, and so it's like you kind of and it's again, it's very hard to explain that, like you, you're in this world and then you come home and then you're trying to like process that. And so it takes mm. quite a lot of headspace. And then obviously then you've got like the headspace, then obviously that that headspace doesn't exist in parenting, you know, like then you come home and it's like, you're just there for your family and stuff. And then you're dealing with like headspace of like being your own artist. And so it's like, and then you're just Mm. dealing with headspace of like, I really need to just sort my house out because I just need to decorate or it needs to be tidied or whatever, you know, it's like, so there's so many parts of you that you're always like, wow, it really, Mm -hmm. there's so many different directions, isn't there, that you feel like you're kind of being pulled in. Mm. Um, And, and I really, I am, you know, so grateful to have created um, a life where I am able to do music, you know, like that I'm still in like I'm still doing singing and performing. And then with the stuff, the hospital work that I'm still doing something like I'm still using my Mm -hmm. musicality to do the work that I do. And that's like, you know, it's, it's really like lovely. And you really get to see the impact of music in a way that you don't see in like many other places I would say like it just it it like it just lands in that space because it's such an emotionally charged space it's just like you really see this kind of very immediate impact if you're not like yeah it's just oh yeah yeah it's amazing actually I'm getting goosebumps while you say that (laughs) it's just like it's so music is just incredible like the connections and yeah that can transform you from one time to another and Oh, I don't know. totally amazing. amazing yeah 100 percent. yeah and I think people are starting to see it like a bit more in a way you know I guess that the way that they're seeing like the impact that music can have on dementia patients or like people you know that it's like how like just stuff that it's like whoa this is kind of magic <laughs> like some of yeah. the stuff that you see that music does and it happens like all, literally all constantly with the work we do there'll be these things that have happened that you're like whoa you know like it's the first time that someone that's come out of surgery like they haven't stood up for days and suddenly the music makes the baby stand up you know there's these little things that you're just seeing like this amazing impact yeah I mean music is and music's the best thing ever 
I think singing mm. is like the best thing and then harmonies the, oh, the best really I love <laughs> it's when, all that, yeah. honestly when I read um like your Instagram bio how, how you've got <laughs> yeah and how I was like oh because like I spent <laughs> yeah. I don't know probably 20 20 years formally in a in a vocal group like you, um so yeah. harmonies but right at, right from the beginning of my life um sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about myself for a second sorry. yeah all good <laughs> it's just so no. nice to talk to a fellow musician yeah yeah like, on the same yeah, page yeah, totally. um my sister and I, we've, there's two and a half years between us and we've both got very similar voices, except she can go lower and I can go higher, but we've still got the same. Like when we're both singing, it's really hard to tell us apart. So we've, Oh, we've, that's so nice. There's yeah, something about blood singing, isn't there, that oh, you can't like people when you're yeah. like, yeah, related. It's yeah. awesome. And um, yeah, so we've always sang together. We used to mess around and do concerts on the um, on the Sunday afternoon, like push the the coffee table and stand oh. on top of the coffee table and do concerts for mum and dad and like... And my parents weren't like not, they weren't like musical at all. They loved music, but neither of them actually played or sang. But their sibling or mum's dad was very, very good singer. And his mum, so my great grandmother was an opera singer. Not, I don't think she was a formal, but she had an amazing, amazing voice. Oh, wow. I never heard it in real life, but I've heard lots of stories. And then my dad's side, um, his sister and his brother both sang and his mum was a really good singer and his dad was a good singer I found out later in life so it was wow. all there but it sort yeah, of yeah. wasn't right there for my yeah, sister yeah. and I we just had they just, just had it in your blood and, yeah. yeah and I first discovered harmonies because dad used to play a lot of um American country music like Johnny Cash and um Don Williams and Don, John Denver and they're all obviously male singers and I I wanted to sing along but I couldn't sing low enough in their register and because I'm an outer I couldn't sing an octave up I mean it probably could now but at that point as a kid I couldn't so I had to learn a way to sing along so I just started singing in harmonies and wow it was just this innate thing I don't read like I can read music to get by but I'm not yeah like a theory person by any means anything's by ear um, yeah and that used to really annoy my my or like my organ teacher and Michelle, I could read bass clef though. I can read bass clef, not anymore, but it was really odd how your brain works. Um, yeah. So yeah, my sister and I have always sang, she's always sang the tune. I've always sang the harmonies and it's just, we've been oh. like that our whole life. And it's so much more interesting as well, isn't it? Sometimes it's not like, you're like, no, yeah, I want to do the harmony. Oh, <laughs> look, I'll tell you a funny really story. Fun you're talking about how your husband, you and your husband get on musically. When my husband um, is musical and not, he doesn't do much these days, but he used to play in, a, in like a covers band in a country pub sort of environment. Yeah. And when we first got together, um, I realised very quickly that he actually sang the harmonies. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm not sure how this is going to work because <laughs> yeah. I'm the one that sings the harmony. <laughs> I totally get that. I know. For, for like a split second, I thought. Yeah. Oh. So, and yeah, then I sort of went, no. oh, Alison, it's okay. Like, <laughs> And I grew up as well listening to like, yeah. um, my mum listens to like Crosby, Stills and Nash. And I don't like, all, like very much like I grew up listening a lot to harmony stuff. And that's kind of how mm-hmm. I learned to sing harmonies was like, you know, yeah. singing in the car with my mum and I'd be like I'll try and do this one and you do that one and then she'd mm-hmm. get into my one and I'd be like stick to your one <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway I would um yeah but the staves are kind of like a modern day I mean they, they're gorgeous you're like if you're a harmony um, enthusiast they mm-hmm. they are incomparable I would say you know oh, yeah I've seen them sure. live a few times and they've got the yeah. thing that sisters have which is like there's mm-hmm. something about blood people like 
related to each other singing isn't there that oh, you have yeah. sometimes like a certain magic that you just yeah. have it's with like blending. you have like an you have a, a what's the word not a telepathic connection is that what it is like, yeah, like you can literally sense. yeah you can yeah. literally read each other and you know yeah, what yeah, someone's yeah. about to do and you can yeah it's like you change at the exact same time it's just yeah it's hilarious yeah, it's really special yeah. I love it yeah yeah Yeah, I've been doing stuff with, um, yeah, with some new singers recently. Some really great singers were doing back and vocals to me and, and they sound lovely, but I was thinking, I wonder if I would do like, cause I've always done my own harmonies and mm -hmm. it is like, and Taz was saying, oh, you know, actually in a way it's always the best. He was like, no, I think the best is always having people that blend really well. He was like, you know, I think mm -hmm. the Beach Boys, like, they've all got like different oh, tones in there. Yeah. But also you have got a way, like when you write your stuff, like in your mind, it sounds like, yeah, it's interesting when mm -hmm. it's recorded that you're like, yeah, how? So I've, I've always only done my own harmonies, but yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll graduate. To, but it has to be so freaking tight, doesn't it? If someone else is singing Ooh, yeah. harmonies on your yeah. track, like they have and, to be excellent at blending. And you're so critical of it because you know how you want it done and you know yeah. how you could do it so you're like yeah mm -hmm. every little bit you're like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah I guess I'm just kind of in terms of stuff that's coming up is like yeah it's just I think I'm getting gradually like a little bit more space and time you know as Akira's getting a bit older and we're sort of settling in here and yeah. things are shifting a bit with Covid and you know you can see sort of a bit of light at the end of that sort of tunnel that you know starting to find because when I first moved here again it was like it was again like how do I you know bring my identity this singing identity here because I kind of I was in London and then I came here in a lockdown and then there really mm. wasn't music and then it's like you meet all these really lovely people but then you kind of also want to share like the other aspect you know it's like mm. yeah um of yourself and actually one, one thing that's been really nice is when I did a gig recently it was the first gig I did in Brighton which is um near to where like which is the biggest city where uh, the city near where we live and you know it's fairly close but it was really nice to see um all of like my new neighbors and we've met some really great people um yeah all of our new neighbors um just being so like supportive and like really mm -hmm. yeah and just really excited and like coming to the gig and you know and it was yeah. really nice because I guess that felt kind of and I don't know why it felt so important but I just really you want you know yeah you kind of want to feel because I guess music is like it's such a part of like who I am it's not this kind mm. of thing that I'm just like oh yeah I just like do this thing it's like it feels like this yeah this big part of who you are 
so it's like you kind of want to be able to bring that aspect of yourself and I guess it's been a real the last couple of years for me personally I have found it a real challenge in terms of music because it's like you know all the live like the whole live industry is pretty much sort of you know shut down um and then also like not even being able to sing on the wards so it's like I just had this thing where I've just been like you know for the first time in my life was just like oh my god like I'm sort of desperately trying to do this thing but then Mm. you're like why this is so feels like such kind of uphill struggle but then at the same time you're like oh but who am I if I don't do that because that is kind of who I am Mm. um yeah so it's just it's been really nice to have a bit of time to yeah to to, I kind of I'm starting to feel again like okay I'm reconnecting with that you know like that side of myself doing music rehearsing with people performing and like the last gig that I did I really tried to um enjoy the process as well rather than just you know like all the because it is a bloody lot of work isn't it when Mm. you're doing stuff but try to enjoy like every the rehearsals when you're like getting to hear your songs being played and singing harmonies with I've got these really amazing singers I was working with and like yeah yeah, so it's like um trying to bring that in rather than just yeah because if you Mm. don't enjoy the process then it can just feel like a hell of a lot of work you know yeah do you think that that's also because because you are now a mum it's like every little bit that you do you're holding on to that and you see the importance in it whereas before it was yeah. like oh, I've got to get this done and then the gig's the big thing oh uh, yeah 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 definitely and I also feel like as a mum I mean you get really good at just like using your time well don't you because you yeah. have so little time so you get really good and you know how you asked about I guess like creatively a really positive thing about being a mum is that you don't like you don't wait for inspiration do you if you're like mm. I need to do something creative I've got like these hours on a Friday yeah, that's my creative time. You know, like it's not yeah. like, oh, do I feel like it? It's just like, no, that yeah, is you're doing it. <laughs> my creative time. Yeah. And like, and also I don't feel like, you know, in the evening and stuff, like sometimes in the evening you feel like doing stuff, but equally in the evening, if you're just, you know, you're pretty knackered, aren't you? So it's not like, <laughs> I just want to go and start writing songs. You know I mean, it's like yeah. much more of a like, I'd way prefer to like get up really early and do stuff like that would be my, my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah so I guess like because I feel it's funny thinking about all the the way we've discussed stuff because I don't I don't want to feel sound like a really negative parent because I feel like Mm. I'm really not you don't sound like that at all don't I good no (laughs) gosh because like I feel like but it is you know but the reality but I think I'm also very honest because the reality of parenting is that you know it is like in terms of a whole identity of being an artist being a mom um yeah like it it really is a big shift isn't it you're learning it takes time to kind of come to terms with all that to kind of find who you are and I guess for me because I have had such an intense like you know journey of parenthood like loss of a mother then a pandemic there's two like Mm. quite intense things that happened at the same time so you're like processing so much stuff um and then just finding yeah and then the other side of being a parent is I think it gives you like freedom with Akira I think it's also sometimes I'm very much someone that like feels I'm very much someone that likes to be doing stuff you know I've quite there's quite a lot of pressure of like oh I need to 
be you know I like to achieve things I like to do so it's like a bit quite driven and then like always yeah. like oh I should be trying to do this and do that and I want to write this and I want to you know there's always a sort of drive and I think yeah. with a, when you have a child it's been quite good for me to learn to like just be in the moment as well do you know what I mean and not feel guilty yeah. that like I haven't been creative like on that day it's like oh yeah, yeah. you can like get some foam out and play on the tray or whatever you know it's like that kind yeah. of thing. you're just like in the moment doing stuff with him and kind of discovering things and having like these days so yeah, yeah. you know um yeah. and he's going to go to school in September so it's going to be like mm-hmm. this whole new chapter of like getting sort of you know different time back and stuff yeah. so it'll be a new chapter yeah. yeah it's exciting to look forward to that too isn't it it's yeah like- definitely <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Good Five days. Day. Five days. I know. Oh, gosh. Anyway. No, nah, good yeah. on you. And look, honestly, you you have not come across as negative at all. Please don't feel okay, like that because okay. everything you've said, people, mums have said it before. It's like everyone yeah, yeah. feels the same way. It's like yeah. it's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard. I think the difficulty is with parenting is if you is said to something, like if someone who hasn't got a child hears this they'll be like god that sounds awful do you know what I mean because as in because but what you don't always like what you can't really express is that sort of sense of love isn't it so you don't Mm. go around being like oh my god I love my child so much it's amazing he's given me purpose it's just so brilliant you kind of like the part that you will be like yeah because obviously that's just like a given isn't it so it's like if you're talking to another parent you just know you're like yeah obviously like you think (laughs) your child's incredible and it's the best thing you've ever done and it's amazing like that's a given and it's really hard because of this 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 and that but that's the stuff you talk about but like yeah yeah, so that's the difficulties I think people would just be like wow that really doesn't like sound like like the benefits outweigh the costs somehow if you and I remember hearing someone say um it's like if you tally everything up actually definitely the costs do not outweigh the benefit like there are a lot of costs but then yeah. the benefits are so incredible in that small like that that yeah. it makes it all worth it yeah absolutely absolutely my I've got a, a tw- uh, what is he now 14 he's turned 14 I've got a six-year-old and a 14-year-old and my 14-year-old the other day he, I, I like not the other day all the time if we're having trouble with the little one Alex will go oh this is why I'm not having kids I'm not having children. Like he just keeps coming up with this stuff. Oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, I see how hard it is for you. I'm not doing that. Like, mate, but it is so good. Like you just see the hard stuff. That's the stuff that's loud and gets noticed. You know, the the activity of whatever. Exactly. The challenges. Yes, the challenges. But But it's all the other lovely things that you're not noticing. It's the cuddles, isn't it? It's like the cuddles or getting woken up with a little kiss or whatever, like that kind of stuff that you can't really explain that to someone. And that feeling of kind of contentment when you have those like hugs and stuff. Yeah, and just just hanging out and chatting or like we do some painting together and he plays on the, the keyboard and like just all the other stuff because it's not loud and noticeable yeah he just can't yeah. see that stuff and I said you'll change your mind one day mate. Yeah. Like, no I'm yeah. not I'm not having kids <laughs> <laughs> I know I think I have so many younger brothers and sisters and I was very much exactly like similar like 14 when I had when my mum had my little sister and I think for that yeah. reason 
all of my family like my siblings we all had kids like what was only me yeah we've all had kids quite late because I think we would just sort of watch the reality like wow that is very intense very <laughs> like, you know? yeah. and like we'd never have like loads of kids because we're like no 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 mm. <laughs> we like seeing that yeah <laughs> I feel like I've got quite a unique voice as in like I think I've got quite a unique experience of parenthood where actually like a lot when when I was going through my own journey of um, loss and motherhood, like I, I found it, re- I desperately wanted to find people that had that direct, because you know, when you're kind of experiencing it, you're so mm. desperate to find connection. Yeah. So I desperately wanted to find other people that had that ex- specific experience, like loss, but yeah, actually mm. losing your mom when you're pregnant. Cause that even before after feels so different. Like for me, it was like oh, so yeah. specific. Yeah. And I, and I couldn't find any, I, I found it really hard to find that. So I feel that I have quite a sort of unique point of view and there's quite a big sort of gap. Like there's definitely a space there. And mm. I feel like when I'm in the right space and as time's moving on, I feel like I've got a lot of stuff to write. Or do you know what I mean? Or some way that I can yeah. use that experience creatively, like as an artist, bringing that together, like that experience and whether that comes through in songs or speaking. Like, I don't know what mm. that's going to look like, but I feel like yeah. there is, there's, this, there's a story to be told in some way, you know, like that's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, good on you. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the space. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Um, like you could be helping by sharing that in your future. The amount of people that you can be helping through that because, you know, like you said, it's hard to find people of that that specific experience. You know. Totally. And um, yeah. And there could be loads, but it's just like I could I couldn't yeah. find like I was there like looking on all these platforms like asking you know grief support group like stuff you yeah. know and it was yeah and there were people that had lost their mum there were like groups with that but there weren't specifically mm. in pregnancy and I was just like oh I just yeah. yeah it'd be really good to like hear and I and I remember listening to one podcast where there was another singer actually who had had that same experience and it was very intense and like yeah listening to that but it was it was also really helpful being like oh yes yeah, someone yeah kind of yeah yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. It's important, isn't it, to be to be able to express yourself and, and make those connections. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's so good what you're doing. Like it's really great oh, that you've like made the time and space and like building this thing. Cause I'm sure it is making a difference to like lots of people. And oh. I think you can leave like it's so important, isn't it? I guess for creatives that, you know, yeah. I, I imagine that for most people that feeling of your own identity and creativity and like you know grappling with how that exists and how that mm-hmm. coexists yeah as a parent like yeah. is, is quite a big thing isn't it how that oh, you know, yeah. yeah and I the way coexists as well yeah the way you described about that fear of whether you'd get back to the point you were or you know remaining in that space that is a really common thing like especially like performers um yeah have really expressed that like because you know when you're you know you're building you build relationships with venues or you know other bands or whatever and then you step away from it for for a period of time and then it's like you've got to start again like maybe someone else is running that venue and you have they're like oh who are we 
who are you? And, you know, you've got to try and sell yeah. yourself again and, and just remain relevant. Yeah. There's a lady, um, Georgia Fields, who I interviewed last year, and she actually runs um, a platform, like her Instagram, it's called Finding the Mother Load. And her, her whole um, setup is providing resources for mums who are musicians about how to sort of navigate that whole space and how to get back into it all, all the emotions you're feeling and that sort of stuff she's really amazing and yeah she said the same thing it's just she thought she had this fear that that part of her life might actually be over and that was a really yeah. horrible thought to have yeah yeah because yeah. you can't do like the reality is life is different like you're not mm. the thing is when you have a kid like you can't operate at the same like life has changed hasn't it so it's yeah. suddenly you know you're not gonna trek up and down the country doing like unpaid gigs do you know what I mean or things yeah. that like say you're in your 20s where you're like oh, yeah. I'm really building my status as an artist or whatever like these things yeah. that you could do it's like you cannot yeah. physically do that stuff anymore not mm. that I want to do that necessarily but you know what I'm saying it's like yeah. it's just, you just can't. like everything yeah. has shifted so it's like a whole like how can you still keep building something but then you know and my husband is like going on tour in April as well so then you're always yeah. navigating like his stuff with my stuff and then yeah it's, mm-hmm. that's that's the other interesting side of the dynamics but um mm. yeah so life has changed and that's kind of great and kind of challenging <laughs> you know it's, but it has changed like yeah that's there's nothing story. you can like yeah yep yeah you just gotta sort of work through all the bits yeah that come at you yeah and hope that more parents are like speaking about it thank you so much for coming on heather it has just been so lovely to chat with you oh no thank you for having me it's been really nice to have this chat too it's been really lovely yeah yeah, getting to talk about all the stuff that you don't really get to talk about so it's so nice having someone asking questions about all these things so thank you oh it's been a pleasure thanks for your company today if you've enjoyed this episode i'd love you to consider leaving us a review following or subscribing to the podcast or even sharing it with a friend you think might be interested If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum. things that you won't want to